What do you call music that flows freely across the borders separating pop, rock, jazz, and classical? At the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, we call it liquid music. This podcast, Liquid Music Playlist, is a place where you can tap into it. And this is poet, rapper, musician, singer, and actor, Saul Williams. Poets have broken through, you know, millions of times. Bob Dylan broke through, Prince broke through, tons of poets have broken through into the mainstream, so to say, with poetry, but accompanied by music. I'm Steve Seal from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. In these podcasts, we talk with some of the most adventurous and genre-defying composers, musicians, and performers in new music today. Our chat with Saul Williams will be the usual two-parter. First, we'll find out a little bit about his music and career, and then, in the spirit of discovery that defines liquid music, he will recommend music by another artist that he'll want you to check out. It's all part of the flow of liquid music, where the exploration of new ideas and the celebration of new sounds never stops. Support for Liquid Music Playlist comes from McNally Smith College of Music, a contemporary music program that provides an education focused on artistry, technology, and entrepreneurship. Check them out, mcnallysmith.edu. Here with me in the McNally Smith Studios is Saul Williams. Thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. Saul Williams has been called Hip Hop's Poet Laureate. He has performed in over 30 countries and read in over 300 universities with invitations that have spanned from the White House to Lincoln Center, and just as importantly, to countless villages, townships, community centers, and prisons across the world. We're starting by listening to a track from his latest release. The album is called Martyr, Loser, King. The track here is the opener. It's called Groundwork. Tell me about the concept of the album and how the concept folds into the album's title. There's a character whose screen name is Martyr Loser King, and uh, he was a, a miner in in um, in Burundi in Central Africa. He was mining Colton, um, which is the precious stone that's in all of our um, smartphones and laptops. It's a it's a stone that um, distributes power through small circuitry boards and uh, 80% of it is found in that Central African region. And so he built a, a shack out of old computer parts and inspired surrounding uh, people to, to build an entire village out of old computer parts. And, uh, and it's about this village as the most advanced like tech hub on the planet where this hacker who goes by the name of Martin Luther King um, kind of like hacks as performance art and then um, hacks into uh, a satellite. And he goes from this notorious, you know, being this, this hacker who's loved to being labeled as a terrorist. Horn of the clock bike, thorn of the crown spike, smile of the victor, child of the prisoner, statues of martyrs, hackers as artists. Music, as Fela Kuti said, is the weapon of the future. I believe that, that you know, nothing transmits ideas uh, 
more more acutely than than the music um and and of course it's not only the instrumentation we know this like when when we talk about uh phonics and 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 you know trying to teach kids language through rhyming and meter and all of this stuff um music has a way of corresponding with us because of course we're based on that you know like we're all talking over beats all day our heartbeat you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's we're music is is a reflection of us so to speak and it corresponds with us in in imaginable and unimaginable ways inimaginable i don't know um and uh, <laughs> and uh, but you seem to be very much a hacker yourself i mean hacking different kinds of art for something without limitations without genres into hacking styles to suit your artistic purpose so um does that seem fair to you do you feel like a hacker yourself not necessarily i mean if we're gonna stick with the like the digital, you know, tech theme. I might think of myself more as a designer, mm. uh, which is really what I felt like uh, in the early days of like spoken word and slam poetry when I was, you know, touring around universities and and not only reciting poems but introducing the idea of slam poetry and like modern poetry to people across the world and the country um, after you know the release of the film Slam and then the documentary Slam Nation. Um, I was also very aware of the fact that I was breaking through something, you want to call it hacking, I'll take that, hacking into the mainstream of American entertainment with something very peripheral, i.e. poetry. Mm -hmm. And also with poetry that was unaccompanied by music because poets have broken through, you know, millions of times. Bob Dylan broke through, Prince broke through, tons of poets have broke, broken through into the main mainstream so to say mainframe mainstream yeah. you know with 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 poetry but accompanied by music right yeah to be able to 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 enter that sort of realm of where you see now the popularity of slam poetry and all that and to do it with just words like look no tools nothing i'm just going to use words here mm -hmm. tell me briefly about the works that you're here in town to perform with with liquid music it, it's it's you with the the mivos quartet and the program is called No One Ever Does. And you've got a couple of premieres, first of all, which are co-presented with the Givens Foundation for African American Literature. Tell us about the works that you're performing. I got an email in 2003 from a guy, a composer from Switzerland, who said he wanted to fly to L.A. to meet me to talk about some commission he had from the Basel Symphony Orchestra. And I'm so okay. Not bad. So this guy, Thomas Kessler, about at that point he's about, I don't know, mid to late 60s, arrives at my house. I'm trying to write a symphony, and I want to use a um, someone connected to hip-hop, and I've been in record stores asking um, who I should work with or listen to, and a lot of people behind the counter keep pointing me to your album, and so I reached out to you. And in fact, I had just finished that month uh, writing a poem I had been writing for four years which is called Said the Shotgun to the Head. A new language, as is always the first sign of a new age. I'd begun to believe my blackened toenails were on path to the cave, and in truth, they had begun the gradual process of crystallization. We went back to Switzerland, and about maybe four months later, I got the sheet music for that first symphony that he wrote for full orchestra, uh, a, a chorus of, of seven to 12 people and, and one speaker. On you. Right. And so that was the beginning of my friendship with Thomas Kessler. 
Um, meanwhile, I'm going on, I'm doing more albums, more books, what have you. And at some point in 2006, I finish uh, writing a poem called uh, NGHWHT. And he's asking me, do you have any other texts? He, this time, wrote a piece um, for string quartet and a speaker. And that is what I'm performing here with the Mivos Quartet. And um, yeah, that's how it came about. It ain't deep, simple as a breakbeat and some rhymes. Find the shit tonight, we make them chillin' with your dime. But hold it tight, cause she just might be deep between the lines. And start to think the words that she now reads are simply mine. Give them voice, spit them over beats, repeat the joyce. And anthem you can put in your words, a chant your choice. May heaven smile upon your earthy rainbow girls and boys. As it has upon mine. There's also new works by uh, Ted Hearn and uh, Jace Clayton, known widely as DJ Rupture. And these are works that were made possible with support from the Givens Foundation for African American Literature and Liquid Music as well. I recognize you can't disguise the source of every beat. Denies your head, girl, wind your waist, bend over, touch your feet. And go ahead and pop that thing, yes, yes, I feel complete. You're listening to Liquid Music Playlist. I'm Steve Seal. My guest is Saul Williams. Okay, Sal Williams, so you've been briefed on the ways of Liquid Music Playlist. Now it's your turn to pick who you want to talk about. And I know who you're going to talk about well, today because we've got... Uh, because it's today, because it's raining, and 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 because, you know, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. We're here um, in the Twin Cities. One time, I'm, uh, I was living in L.A., and I have a friend. Her name is Rashida. And for a while, she was uh, Prince's DJ. And so one night at like 2 a.m., she calls me and she's like, Prince wanted me to call you. He knew that she and I were making music together and he knew about whatever. I don't know what he knew right at this point. He's like, Prince wanted me to call you. Uh, we decided we're, he's going to have a little party right now at House of Blues and he wanted me to invite you. And so we zoom down there, go up to the foundation room, Rashida's DJing, Prince is dancing in front of the DJ booth with Penelope Cruz, and that's the party for the next two and a half hours. But eventually we decide to stop it, and, uh, and he says, so Saul, these are his first words to me, so Saul, when are you going to come to my house so we can talk about how we can change the world through music? I had already released my album, um, Niggy Tardust, and he's like, I really love that album, and I love how you released it. He was a real fan of how we released it, which is to say that was, you know, one of the earlier albums to do a platform or to pay what you want. And he was like, I really love, you know, that album and, and how you decided to release it. I love that you didn't collaborate with the label, and <laughs> you know, and all this stuff, you know. And, um, and we get to his car. He opens the door up. And the, the leather of the interior of the car is the same exact blue of his suit. <laughs> it's a he little coordinated the yeah, car it's with a little Bentley coupe, right? Mm. I'm like, okay, that's Prince, mm-hmm. and um, and that's that night. So I don't know. A week or so later, I get a call. And it's like Prince uh, wanted to invite you to come by his house tonight if you're free. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> and so I go to his house in Beverly Hills. And at first, it's it's just me, him, Rashida. And uh, we're in his kitchen, and, and uh, doorbell rings, and 
it's uh, I think it's Whitney Houston or and then it's Herbie Hancock. And then he goes and grabs the acoustic guitar and just starts playing. And as soon as he starts, like the band is there with, you know, suddenly they just show up. Yeah, they're just there, like ready to sing back up. <laughs> you feel like you're living in a yeah. musical. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> okay, okay. A few more people. At the end of the day, I think like maybe 15 people showed up. We're all kind of singing along, and he's singing like Jackson songs and and mm -hmm. Gladys Knight and the Pips and stuff like. He's not singing his songs okay. yet. He's then like, "Yo, let's go downstairs." So we go downstairs to his basement, which is you know a basement that happens to have the the Purple Rain motorcycle <laughs> okay. on the side, and so I'm just like gravitating towards the motorcycle, uh -huh. like just touching it uh -huh. a little bit, like this is oh god, okay. But in fact, the, there's a little stage. It's not a stage; it's a rehearsal space. Okay. But everything is turned on, and he goes right over the band, and they start playing. Dude, they play for two hours. They're playing, once again, more Jacksons, Gladys Knight, Sign the Family Stone, no Prince songs, okay. right? Mm -hmm. Me, all I'm doing, I'm standing like three feet from Prince, watching how he never looked at his guitar, and he's killing it. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm just, just like, I'm sure. you know, it's, it's kind of like that thing where it's like, where the coolest thing is to realize that the person you think that person is, he is that person. <laughs> right? So Whitney yeah. was like, come on, come on, man. And he goes into Purple Rain. And my most beautiful moment of that night is I'm standing between Prince and Whitney Houston, and he's singing into the microphone, and she's harmonizing behind me. That you, one could end a life right there. <laughs> one could just wrap it up right there. I would think oh. after experiencing that, man. Yeah, that was that was beautiful. You know, there are so many ways in, in which Prince was innovative. Are there innovations that were particularly resonant with you? Innovations. Well, you know, I'm having a weird relationship to innovation today, primarily because I'm thinking in terms of us pulling from the ether, pulling, you know, okay. these things that, that are already existent and, and, and bringing them to light, you know, if only for a glimpse or what have you. I believe that Prince was in communication with that invisible world. I mean, like, the things that he had to say to me in conversation, and I went on and, and had many more encounters with him, well, a few more encounters with him after that. But uh, what was great to me was that he was so centered he was so spiritually centered is really what i want to say he
what was also beautiful was was how open he was to mentoring at this point you know um he was he was so full of compliments to me and to others that I know as an artist. He was so into like, hey, I'm listening to you. I'm, I love what you're doing in that song. I see what you're touching on there. Keep going there. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I mean, I, yeah. And of course he really was. He, he, he would never just say something. Like no, that. he was paying attention. Yeah. He was really paying attention and with with time and with age, he was really like warming up to a new generation in outward ways. You know, I had a beautiful night of hanging out with him, Eric Badu, and Janelle Monet in Paris. You know, literally just us, you know, and, and, and him just being so, such a fan. What is going to be the biggest role that is now unfilled in music now that he's gone? Hmm. What I was thinking about when he passed was that, you know, the skills that he that he has, it's kind of like the modern protest movement. It's like the modern protest movement is leaderless. You know, there's it's it's all these things spread out amongst thousands, millions of people so that you it's not localized to one person, you know, like we you can't kill us all, right? Prince had all of these things, beauty, <laughs> all these things in this one 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 being right the stuff that he had you know i see it now spread out amongst many so i don't know if these things are necessarily missing it's just that it's not so much collected in one person you know so you take a little bit of i don't know sufian stevens and a, a little bit of uh erica and a little bit of flying lotus and a little bit of animal collective and a little bit of you know like you got to put all these things together in order to add up to prince at this point mm. <laughs> but but he showed us you know how you could take a little bit of this and that and this and that and in ways that people just had no concept of these things being put together before that's why we would say stuff like, oh, you know, that's why we come up with stuff like deals with the devil, like that Robert Johnson thing, like, oh, you can't be that fresh without making a deal with the devil. You know, <laughs> like, we, you know, we had so many things, uh, legends surrounding the idea of Prince because it just seemed impossible that you could be that amazing, that amazing and gorgeous. And, you know, no, no, I mean, come on, look at Dylan, look at all these oh, yeah. other people. Like, it's, it's, it's just so much. It's so much collected in one person and 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 this confident humility that he mastered and this grace. I mean, because the main thing is this. It's like, I mean, I've had love affairs with several Prince songs and by love affair with a Prince song, I mean being in headphones and, 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 and hitting repeat like maybe a hundred times, right? But one of the biggest ones I ever had was with, uh, maybe I was 15 when Sometimes It Snows in April, you know? That album, Parade, Under the Cherry Moon, I loved how all, you know, I loved the heartbeat, the, the through line, you know, through that album. I loved that film, um, and, but the music, the music, Under the Cherry Moon, you know? What beautiful writing. Sometimes It Snows in April was a song that I would just put on repeat and on repeat and 
to me, the fact that he, you know, let go in April with that song about that fictitious character that died in April. Tracy died soon after a long fought civil war. Just after I wiped away his last tear I guess he's better off than he was before A whole lot better off than the fools he left here You know, Prince was a mystic. For example, we talked about the idea of the, the octave scale being connected to the chakra system, the energy centers mm -hmm. in your body, and going through those scales um, is, is something that's achieved through meditation, something that's achieved through singing. Prince was a mystic. Prince understood how to be many places at once, which is why so many of us have so many touching stories. It's also why, you know, like like you said, why it was raining locally in Minneapolis, why there but, was a rainbow, yeah. a purple rainbow. Right, it was raining in Minneapolis, but yeah. not in St. Paul. Yeah. It was pouring in Minneapolis. Come on, dude. Yeah. I mean, Prince touched something, not only through his music, well, through his music, but he, he, he understood it and applied it to his life and, and, and I felt it in, in our interactions and we all have felt it that, uh, you know, magic and all spirituality, all these things are alive. There are things that you can communicate with and communicate through and Prince was a divine communicator. Uh, so, I would say uh, what, what he fought was the music industry, right? The industry surrounding music. And so when you say what do we lack or what will be missing, there are so many people growing up right now with manufactured sound with manufactured artists, with manufactured careers, with manufactured, you know, ideas wrapped in plastic and sold to you. Prince never allowed that to touch the essence of what he created because he understood creation and he understood the potentiality and the power of music and of art itself. And so if there's any lesson that we can learn from Prince, it's to, you know, to continue to let our middle fingers go up to the industry, to the manufacturing of ideas, and realize that that divine independence that connects us as human beings to life, to this planet, to the whole, to the spirit, to love, that we have to continue to investigate that through sound, through voice, through heart, through rhythm, through guitar, through all this stuff. And we cannot 
let whoever these moguls are get in the way of musical freedom. Sometimes, sometimes I wish that life was never ending. But all good things they say never last. I often dream of heaven, and I know that Tracy's there. Saul Williams has been uh, really meaningful talking to you here today. Thank you. Saul Williams joined us as part of his visit to Minneapolis to perform with the Evo String Quartet, his work No One Ever Does. His latest album is called Martyr Loser King. This episode of Liquid Music Playlist is brought to you by our friends at McNally Smith College of Music. Based in downtown St. Paul, the school puts a focus on providing the skills and education needed to prepare their students for a contemporary career in music. McNallySmith.edu Liquid Music Playlist is a production of the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. Learn more at liquidmusicseries.org The creator and producer of the podcast is Don Lee. Our engineer was Andy Holverson. Kate Nordstrom is Liquid Music Curator. Matt Tucson, executive producer of Digital Media. We had production support from Charlie Christensen, Liquid Music Assistants Patrick Marschke, Lauren McNee, and Carla Braun. I'm Steve Seal. Thanks for listening to Liquid Music Playlist. And all good